What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the San Diego County Bicycle Coalition's podcast, The Weekly Spoke. I am your host, Daniel Rodriguez, and today we are back with another episode. I think we'll call this the start of season two here, since we are off to a slow start of the first or new year here in 2023. But um, yeah, we'll talk about some events and some other things later down the road. But uh, I first want to jump into our guest here that we have. We have some awesome guests. We have uh, Manny Rodriguez and Chloe Lauer from the group Walk and Roll. They're a local advocacy group that have done an amazing job. They've only been around for about a year, right? More or less. And um, yeah, if you guys are interested in learning more about them, make sure to follow them on social media at Walk and Roll. SD. SD. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you guys for, for joining us, Manny and, and Chloe. Let's go ahead and jump into some introductions. Chloe, since you have the mic, uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hello, every, everybody. I'm Chloe Lauer. I live in East Village, San Diego. Been a resident here since July 2021, having spent many years in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I grew up on the East Coast. The first time that I got to actually live in an urban area was during grad school, where I biked about three miles to my school. And ever since then, I've really enjoyed um, living as much of a car-free life as possible. Wow, thank you. And Manny? Hey, y'all. I'm Manny. I'm from San Diego. And I grew up in the Chula Vista part. And ever since I was young, I would always walk and roll everywhere, usually on a skateboard around town. Um, so from a very young age, I realized how hostile suburban street design could be and how there was a lot of you know, lack, there was a huge lack of pedestrian spaces, public spaces, you know, plazas or places for people to just, um, you know, hang out, people watch. And, you know, it seemed like to get to a park, you had to drive to a park or to get to a hiking trail, you had to w- drive there or to get to a walking path, you had to drive to the walking path. So it never really made sense to me. Um, uh, I, th- I find it more rewarding and much more healthier when we walk and roll to places. Um, so... I'm hoping through walk and roll, we show people the, you know, the potentials of walking and rolling around town, and how it can actually be, you know, safe, beautiful, and inspiring, as long as we make that change. Awesome, that's that's great. Well, thank you, folks, for for being here. First of all, um, have you guys listened to the podcast before, or maybe a few episodes? Not yet. No, no. Not yet, honestly. No, it's totally we'll fine. Have to catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we only have like one season out from last year, and that's kind of like our trial season. So definitely try it out and listen and let me know what you guys think. We're always improving for sure. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for being here. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed our office and our little studio. Um, definitely. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, Manny, you already started talking a little bit about walk and roll, and, and that's kind of what I want to jump into next here. Is, uh, I kind of want to talk about how walk and roll started, a little bit about the history and, and, you know, where it is now. Yeah, so it started a while, almost a year ago, when I joined the community planning group for the downtown area. And, you know, when I joined, I talked about how I wanted to make the street safer um, for people to walk or bicycle around and for children, because I have a little brother who also lives in downtown, so I want him to be able to walk around the streets by himself um, without having to worry about his safety. So when I was talking about that, Chloe reached out to me uh, privately and said, hey, I like all that stuff too. Like, let's meet up and talk about how we can push for more pedestrian and bike infrastructure. And so we met up and, you know, we discussed about the state of the streets and how a lot of things needed improvement. And there was really no one covering any of that. So we, you know, 
joined forces and said we would we would be the ones covering that. And so we made Walk and Roll SD. And since then, there's been a lot of intersections and streets and just you know infrastructure in general we've covered through our reels showing what it is and what it could be and why it should be fixed. Nice. And, and Chloe, so he said that you guys met in, uh, in a committee, is that correct? And that's your involvement? or Yeah, both of us are on the Downtown Community Planning Council. I'm the current vice chair and Manny is the secretary, so we're both on the executive committee. Uh, we found San Diego to be a place that really invites collaboration and is an, um, supportive of new voices and people who haven't served on boards before. So it's been a really great place and a position t from which to have our voices be heard. And having the nonprofit gives us more clout in, on DCPC and mm -hmm. vice versa. Like being on DCPC um, gives us more respect, I think, when we introduce ourselves as founder co-founders of the nonprofit. Um, I also want to mention that we're inspired by the pedestrian dignity, TikTok, and Instagram mm. account from Denver. Okay. And yeah, Manny was telling me when we first met, like, oh, there's this cool account, and he walks around and takes video of what's happening on the streets. And so we thought we could use that as a model for walk and roll, and that's what we've done. Nice. So, so there are other accounts out there around the country that are doing the same thing here. Okay. All right. So, you, uh, you folks are talking about some influences and some influences, uh, you know, outside of San Diego. What are some influences that you've have had, you know, aside from like the youth? Uh, you know, do you, Manny, do you want to talk about some influences for walk and roll? Yeah. So for me, a lot of the influences were from the online uh, urbanist community. Like you mentioned, pedestrian dignity. Just a guy from Denver walking around the streets, and he was just like, "Why are the streets so hostile to people?" on foot and he just started recording his experiences. I thought that was great. He has a lot of great videos. Um, another inspiration was uh, a man who goes by the name of Mr. Barricade online. Um, I believe his real name is Vinesh uh, Salmanathash. And he is a civil engineer in the Bay Area who builds a lot of crosswalks. And his designs usually like maximize pedestrian safety through like you know, bulb outs or elevated crosswalks or big painted stripes on the floor and bike lanes. And he always goes to the sites that he's like working on and talks about how, you know, oh, this used to be this and now it's a, you know, the school crossing has bulb outs and a bike lane and kids can walk across the street safely without getting hit by a car. And um, so accounts like that on TikTok really showed to me the potential of, you know, doing this kind of content because not only did I like it, but there were hundreds of thousands of likes that these accounts would get on a single video and millions of views overall. So I thought like, wow, people really dig this content. It's not just me. And so if I, if I make this content, it'll, people will actually watch it. It just won't get like 10 views, you know? Um, so that was inspiration like, hey, there, this, people have already done this and it actually works and it does bring attention to you know, you know, pedestrian safety. So who says we can't do that here in San Diego? And uh, Claude, do you have any influences on why you're part of this or, uh, new organization? Yeah, of course. Um, mine was born out of two things. Building on the topic of online influences, Manny and I both originally connected also over the Not Just Bikes YouTube channel that love, we both I love loved. That <laughs> yeah, so that was something that brought us together initially. And then I had been you know new to the city and was just walking around spending my weekends wandering from 
neighborhood to neighborhood. And some days I was just appalled at how overly wide many of the streets were, the conditions in neighborhoods such as South Park, where every other street there's, or every other intersection, there's a stop sign or not a stop sign. And there'll, there'll be stop signs going, you know, north-south, but not mm-hmm. east-west. And I just found it to be really confusing for everybody involved, not only pedestrians, but also drivers. Because mm-hmm. it depends, you know, block to block, it's like, am I stopping? Am I not stopping? And yeah. just confusion can, can make it dangerous, more dangerous. Um, so I would get very riled up about it and either like angry or like devastated and really sad. And coming from San Francisco, where the streets are generally more narrow and more pedestrian friendly, I just found the transition a bit jarring. And so it was really helpful to meet Manny and be able to channel all of that emotion that I was experiencing into something good um, rather than just having it fester. So that's basically why we got together to create Walk and Roll is we wanted to make a difference and not just complain to each other <laughs> or yeah. ourselves. No, that's, that's great. It's like, I feel like for me, that's also been a challenge is like trying to find people that sh- share the same like anger. And I don't want to say anger really, but same frustration on like some of the challenges people are experiencing in San Diego when it comes to infrastructure or mobility. It's like mm-hmm. things that we shouldn't be experiencing because I mean, if we call ourselves a first world country and we're, you know, pretty advanced, but yet here we are with broken roads and broken sidewalks where people on in a wheelchair can't even get you know, around. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice having, seeing that community here in San Diego and seeing that community continue to grow. So I got to give you guys props for, for you know, ha- I guess giving some uh, some folks an, uh, an avenue to express that. So it's cool that you guys are doing that. So yeah, like what are, what are some challenges that you guys maybe have experienced since you first started? Like maybe you guys want to talk about, um, like some social media challenges, like trying to get exposure, you know, like what are some things that you've experienced that were difficult? Well, for me, I would say the first original challenge was video editing. I mentioned, you mentioned you use Adobe Premiere mm-hmm. for this. Like I find it ridiculously complicated and really unintuitive and frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> things that, things that would like, you would think would take one or two clicks on Adobe Premiere end up being a whole process. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I don't know how there's no better competition than that, but you know, <laughs> I, we eventually just transitioned into making the reels on TikTok, which is like, you know, you don't have as much control over how how to edit the video, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, ten times less, you know, more streamlined, more streamlined, yeah, more streamlined. So that was one one initial challenge for me personally was the video editing and also just time commitment because we we both work jobs um, mm-hmm. outside of this. And, you know, trying to find the time to, you know, make reels, um, which can take anywhere from a few hours to over a day, Mm -hmm. um, can be a challenge. And Chloe, for you, what's some some challenges that you've experienced? Yeah, well, at first, uh, speaking of the process, we were kind of dividing the work a bit, and Manny volunteered to take on the video editing, Mm -hmm. and, like he mentioned it can take a really long time. So I kind of felt like it wasn't fair and I wasn't contributing as much to that part. We would both co-write the voiceovers Mm -hmm. and then share, you know, make sure that both of our voices were equally shared on the voiceovers. Um, But now that we're in TikTok, it's much more 
collaborative and I can help with that as well. Mm-hmm. And we can just layer everything within the one TikTok. So we start with collecting the different clips as well as integrating diagrams and some still images. And then we um, write the copy and then adjust the clips to you know match the, the length of, of the voiceover. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, it's, and then we just add on the sort of um, captions and any arrows or other like emojis or things Animation that we stuff, want yeah. to do for emphasis. Um, but yeah, actually just having a partner to do things with made it so much easier. So I didn't really experience many challenges. I experienced like and en- being energized, mm-hmm. you know, because finally I was doing something and we could produce something in not too long of a time. And then it was out in the world and we were getting good feedback and um, having a way to introduce ourselves at, you know, Circulate San Diego meetings mm-hmm. or um, Yimby Democrats or Bike SD, Ride SD, you know, it gave us these natural avenues to connect with others in the advocacy community. And those relationships have been really meaningful and supportive and become friends, you know? Nice. So for the first time in my life, I'm experiencing like my personal life and my professional life, as well as my passions all coming together. And so that's been super gratifying and something that I didn't experience in San Francisco because I am a professional urban planner. Mm-hmm. Manny and I both work in planning. So it's not, it's both our work and our outside of work life. And that that kind of, coalescence or synergy hadn't ever happened for me before. Hmm. Okay. So in a way it was fewer challenges and more like things that were delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Things that you finally enjoy working on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's always nice finding something that you're like, oh, I know it's going to take some time. I may not be making money for, out of it, but I, it's going to at least make an impact, you know, which is, which is why I work here. I'm not making a whole lot of money, but I love cycling and I love talking to people about bikes. So yeah, it's kind of why I stick around. <laughs> yeah. Connects you with people who are like-minded and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's actually what I wanted to ask. Like, it seems like you guys have had a positive reaction from, you know, a lot of organizations, a lot of advocacy organizations, you know, welcoming you guys into the advocacy community. Uh, you know, I kind of want to see it talk about like your main audiences, you know, how has the San Diego citizens accepted you guys or how what, what's their what's what are some discussions that they're having on social media that you guys um, are seeing yeah I would say that it's been a pretty good response from the local community I, I look at our comments and the vast majority are like like oh yeah that's dangerous or yeah that should be mm-hmm. approved or you know kind of agreeing and it's hard to disagree with like you know a dangerous crosswalk you know or hard yeah. to disagree with something that's like in it potentially hit a, hit a kid, you know, um, you know, it's really hard to say, oh, no, it should stay that way. So yeah. we, we are, you know, in a way, our content is not, like, too, like, crazy out there. It's, like, just reasonable. I would say, like, hey, you know, this is a high school, and this is, like, crosswalk is, like, ridiculously unsafe. Like, mm-hmm. let's fix it. And there's not, there's not, <laughs> not a lot of, like, ways to, like, logically oppose that when you care about safety. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, a, well, like, a lot of you know, social media, like, the more views you get, you're bound to get a few handful of people who are just say very negative things mm-hmm. um, or, you know, don't, for some reason, are not supportive. Yeah. Ah. So, so let's, let's actually talk about that that video, the Park Boulevard video that you guys recently shot. Like, I want to kind of compare it to, you know, a video that you just had a, 
maybe a couple months ago. I remember you were t- you. I think you guys shot at an intersection at a school and a crosswalk and how dangerous it was. Mm-hmm. It was in City Heights, I think, right? Or no, it was probably no. San Diego High School. San Diego High School. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, of course, seeing that video of San Diego High School and kids, you know, trying to cross the street safely. Of course, no one's gonna you know fight against that. But why do you think people are fighting against you know parking in Park Boulevard? Like why? What's yeah? What do you think is the difference there that people are fighting for? Well, for the Balboa Drive, you know, people risk losing the convenience of you know driving their private vehicle into a park. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, I understand where they're coming from. Um, you know, we make the point that safety is above convenience, um, but they're, you know, it's hard for, as we've seen in, you know, all types of circles, whether it be, you know, housing, transit, cycling, that a lot of people prefer convenience over safety mm-hmm. of others. Another factor is that it seems that there might have been some behind-the-scenes dealing going on that mm-hmm. with the improvements that were made are being made currently to Park Boulevard and the reduction in, of 300 parking spaces in order to add in the bike lanes and the um, dedicated lane for the buses, it seems like there may have been some agreement that the public wasn't aware of, like, okay, we'll take away 300 on Park Boulevard, but we'll give you 100 on Balboa Drive. Mm-hmm. And so it's ironic that the mayor and the, uh, you know, sustainability and mobility department, um, is that what it's called? Sustainability? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That they, on the one hand, just released the climate action plan, which of course has the mode share for bicycling going up by 2035 to, I believe, 10% is the figure. And on the other hand, they're, you know, approving this plan to add 100 parking spaces on Balboa Drive, which is not taking the opportunity to improve mobility and um, meet those climate action plan goals. Mm -hmm. So it kind of feels like it's the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing and that internally they're not as well coordinated as they might be. And that the urgency isn't, even though they're saying like, oh, this is really urgent, with the climate action plan, they're not actually acting out that urgency mm-hmm. in their proposals. And so the Balboa Drive um, reel we made within less than 24 hours with the help of Nicole Burgess, who yeah, brought her tandem yeah. bike. Yeah. She was so <laughs> wonderful. Thanks, Nicole. Shout out to her. Um, so that we could get fo- you know footage of each other bicycling. And yeah, we took the footage around noon on a Tuesday and we released a reel at 9 a.m. on Wednesday. So that was our fast, fastest turnaround time. We worked on quick. it like all night. Yeah. And yeah, that was timed specifically because March 1st, Wednesday was when the mobility board was having their meeting. And so that way we could rally support and get more people to come out to give public comment then and then also the following day at the Balboa Park Committee meeting. So we've gone from just kind of independently choosing intersections that we thought were issues to really coordinating with the wider circle of other advocacy groups and then timing the reels to align with events and meetings. So that makes our work even more meaningful. That's great. And, and like kind of going back to that meeting, like what are what are folks, I guess, what are folks mostly saying? Are they 
for? Are they against the parking spaces at the meetings, or is it kind of like a mixed bag? Or I would say it's uh, at least from a Balboa Park committee. Yeah, public comment is overwhelmingly in favor of you know pro cycling infrastructure. Uh -huh. At least I've been tuning into the Balboa Park committee since um, the ba Park Boulevard redesign was being proposed, and you know bicycle community really came out. You know, really comes out in those meetings. Yeah, uh, yeah. speaking support. I think SD Bike was a pretty big uh, Bike supporter SD. of that, or Bike SD. Bike sorry. SD, yeah, and they they can you know that whole community brings out like dozens, dozens of people yeah. to speak in favor, and even much more to write letters of support because they have to read the letters of that they get before they go into public comment, and it's mm -hmm. like sometimes it's like ten to fifteen minutes of just pro, of just reading pro bike letters, wow. um, and so. Are there any letters that people say, like, I need to park my car? <laughs> there, there are some. Really? But, and there are some commenters that also oppose it. Wow. But they're, like, a tiny fraction, probably, like, less than 10% 10, 10 or less, you know. And also the Balboa, the Balboa Park Committee itself, a lot of the people there are, you know, you know very forward-minded when it comes to climate and mm -hmm. urbanism. You know, they, they voted in favor of the Park Boulevard redesign. And, you know, a lot of them were opposed to the Balboa Drive, adding more parking spaces. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the museums in there, they fear yeah. that with the lost parking spaces, like, it'll be incredibly de devastating for them. You know, I disagree. You know, if you look at, what is it called, the Plaza Panama, yeah, where yeah. it used to be entirely a surface parking lot, and now it's like a vibrant space that makes the museums even more attractive. There's like, vendors there now and, and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, vendors there now, kids playing around, people's... Uh, what's it called? Skating, rollerblading. Roller, 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 yeah, yeah. Roller I like seeing that. <laughs> yeah, community events that get hosted there that just bring more people to the park. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but yeah, so recently, I don't know about the Sustainability and Mobility Board, but a lot of the Balboa Park Committee seems to be pretty forward minded. And I hope that, you know, that forward mindedness continues there and mm -hmm. that the, you know, our leaders put in more forward minded people into that committee. Yeah, I went to the Mobility Board and the Balboa Drive wasn't even on the agenda. Wow. So yeah. we took the opportunity to comment on it in the non-agenda public comment section of the meeting. And they, I think they were kind of shocked. They were like, why are you guys here? <laughs> you know, haven't you had a chance to talk about this in another time? Um, but they were very thoughtful and they listened and they, you know, came up with a plan of, of what should be done yeah. um, or how they could... Uh, he, they gave us time, you know, and Nevo had a seven or 10 page paper <laughs> written. Shout wow. out to Nevo. <laughs> I mean, very, very articulate. I yeah. personally was very nervous. It was my first public comment. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't have all the technology hooked up to just play our reel because sure. our reel was essentially Manny and my public comment, right, <laughs> you yeah. know. And one challenge maybe at the beginning, going back to your previous question, was like, how do we create an arc of the storyline for each reel where we're pointing out the challenges but also offering solutions? Because mm -hmm. we didn't want to, and commending the city when, or Sandag or whomever, when it's a job well done, you know? We want to be kind of even-handed yeah. and um, supportive and not, not simply critical, but critical when necessary. Yeah, yeah, that's good, it's good. So. Since we've been talking about Balboa Park, uh, a random question: What are some, what are what are three changes that you folks would make to the park to make it more mobility friendly? You know, more inclusive. What are some things that you would do? I would love to, you know, not have freeways through uh, Balboa Park. Close to one sixty three. 
you know, close it, <laughs> repurpose it, I would yeah, say, yeah. repurpose the 163 to be, you know, some type of nature path, you know. Um, it really divides the park. It really makes it a lot noisy and mm. brings in a lot of car traffic to the park. I think, you know, there's a too many streets and freeways, highways going through the park yeah. that really divide it and break it apart into smaller pieces that are hard to navigate through. Um, that's... That, that is one difference I would like to see. Yeah. One difference I'd like to see is less parking in general. Mm -hmm. We made a point in the reel is like, is this Balboa Park or Balboa Parking Lot? Yeah. <laughs> you know, And we used a map that somebody on Twitter had shared uh, where it, they colored in all of the parking lots and it's pretty astounding, and all of the streets. So yeah. all of the areas dedicated to the car. It's pretty astounding when you see that. And... In my work also with San Diego Commons and Green the Gap, as well as the Bay to Park Paseo initiative, mm -hmm. we're interested in seeing how the park can encroach on the city instead of the city, like as Manny said, with all the freeways encroaching on the park. Um, so I'd also like to see more connections between areas of the park that are isolated due to these um, freeways encroaching on them. Like for example, one of my friends lives in Cortez Hill mm. And she roller skates at that area in front of the Air and Space Museum. Yeah, yeah, the new little, uh, yeah, they, yeah, there was a parking lot before, I remember that. Oh, okay, <laughs> that was also a parking it lot? It used to be a parking lot. Oh, nice. Lot. Yeah, so so another, another way we've, we've already, yeah, we've had some successes mm -hmm. in removing parking already. Yay, let's celebrate that. But, like, as the crow flies, you know, between her house and that area, it's very short. Yeah. But it's like the freeway interchange. <laughs> so I'd love to see, even if it's not an entire lid mm -hmm. that reconnects the park to Cortez Hill, at least like a pedestrian and bicycle bridge or yeah. something that could fly over and link those areas so that she doesn't have to go all the way up 6th across and and down yeah i mean the city has already done it before where the 15 i think it is with that uh nice little park Toronto yeah, park yeah. yeah i mean I, I definitely would love to see that happen to to baba because it's just so weird that it's it's our main park yet mm -hmm. it's divided between downtown which is like a main community and by a freeway, you know, yeah. you have to cross the freeway. And it's not like an enjoyable experience crossing the right. freeway. that Park Boulevard. Yeah, going up Park Boulevard, it's bad. And it's just yeah. like, I don't know, man. I just. Yeah, and it just, you know, it's not pleasant, barely even safe. So people in downtown who live um, like a mile or less to the park will just end up driving there. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you could save so many parking spaces if you just made it so easy for people in downtown yeah, yeah. Um, to bike and walk to Balboa Park because then they wouldn't drive there and boom, you just saved up a lot of parking spaces. Yeah. But I'm also, yeah. I'm also curious because like I know yeah, you're talking about the museums and especially like the zoo were really against the Park Boulevard like transformation. Like I wonder why the zoo won't invest in like creating a parking garage or even charging for parking because I know that's something that they do at the Wild Animal Park which is like over in Escondido which I'm like, why would you charge for parking out there? Well, not parking at Balboa Park, so hmm. I'm curious to know if, like, with Balboa Boulevard, with Balboa, or I'm sorry, Park Boulevard, losing parking spaces, they're going to be changing their parking. Uh, what do you guys think? You guys think they're going to be doing anything in the future? I don't know a lot about the zoo. I mean, I know that there is a conversation about equity and inclusion, and a concern that if we remove parking, we're actually negatively impacting communities of color, maybe mm. in the you know southeastern part of the city who live further away 
and may not be able to get to Balboa Park as easily except for driving. That's true. Um, so I know that has been brought up. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that could be mitigated. Um, I, d I don't know about the zoo's motivation, but as Manny was saying, if we make it really beautiful, inspiring, accessible, and safe to get to the park by yeah. other means, then people will choose that because people always choose the best available option mm -hmm. yeah, on yeah. the menu. So that's why, yeah, I'm working with Pete Garcia and Beth Callender on the Bay to Park Paseo initiative where we're going to be improving the experience of that crossing that you were mentioning yeah. through some, you know, tactical urbanism, temporary interventions that will launch um, at the end of December in time for, you know, the 2024 World, World Design Capital. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to happen here in San Diego, right? So, yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so let's uh, have one more question before we kind of uh, start uh, wrapping everything up here. So is there, have you guys, have you guys been to a neighborhood that's your ideal neighborhood? And can you describe it to us and where that is? Mm -hmm. Like what's your ideal neighborhood that you've been to? Like for example, like I, I love going to Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. uh, mostly for bike infrastructure. I think the bike infrastructure is perfect, but also walkability is great. Um, I can't really name a specific neighborhood there because, you know, it's all great, but like you guys have one that you've been to around the world or even here in San Diego that you're like, this is the neighborhood that we have to, you know, emulate. yeah, emulate everywhere else in San Diego. It's tough. I mean, okay. Well, pretty much any European city is yeah. a lot better than the U S because they were built before the advent of the car. So the streets are naturally narrower and then the cars that they do have are much smaller and so that, that goes a long way to feeling safe as a pedestrian. And then in the Netherlands specifically, which I'm sure you're all aware of with the Not Just Bikes channel, mm -hmm. you know, they've really made a lot of strides over the last 30 years, very intentionally, maybe 40 years, to differentiate between streets and roads so that you get rid of the issue of the strode, which we have everywhere here. Yeah. I mean, sometimes if we're driving around, you know, we might test on Google Maps, like, don't go on highways, and then end up on a street that feels like a highway to us wow, because yeah. it's considered a road, but it's essentially a highway. So, you know, that's a huge challenge in the States and especially in San Diego and Southern California, which are so car-oriented. So, I mean, I guess I would say either, you know, somewhere in the Netherlands um, or last year I was in Oslo, Oh, okay. Norway, and every single street had bike lanes on both sides. Both. Wow. So I would love for San Diego to get to a point where every street has a bike lane. Yeah. Because that's only fair. Why should bikes have to go out of their way many blocks to find like a north-south or an east-west route until, you know, bike lanes are as ubiquitous as car lanes, mm -hmm. you know, then I don't think our work is done. Yeah. It's funny, it's, it's many people's arguments too. It's like, why would we have to build a bike lane here when there is a perfectly good bike lane three blocks up the street? And it's like, well, three blocks up the street is not in front of these businesses, you know? Yeah. It's like, why would I, like, you could drive your car two anywhere. blocks anywhere else, yeah. you know? Why you have to drive it up 30th? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just, yeah, <laughs> arguments. <laughs> Make cars go three blocks out of their yeah. way. <laughs> Manny, do you have a, a perfect, perfect uh, neighborhood that you enjoyed walking or being in in the past? I don't know about a perfect neighborhood. I do know the Netherlands is pretty good. Mm. Like, they really have it down really well. Um, you know, I, 
when I was uh, went to SF like a year ago, and there were a lot of you know streets. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't even call them streets, but like paths mm -hmm. um, that you know kind of like I would say had like an intimate feel to them. Like they would be paths that people would use to go to their home or on the way to the park or. Um, and so as you walk along the path, you would see like entrances to homes and also you could walk up further the path and be at a park or yeah. walk down the path and end up at a street. Um, that was huh? all because of the topography. The, the mm. topography. Yeah, because it was so steep that you couldn't have. Like, oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Back at, on the back side of like Telegraph Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. you're talking about, like the garden steps. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so I like I like that very human skill design. Yeah. Like you know, it, the the street or path is you know designed for people to walk through it and run into each other and you know be be closer together. Mm -hmm. um, I like that a lot. You know, I think is something we have here as a shining gem of urbanism is Little Italy with mm -hmm. the Piazza della Familia yeah, in yeah. on Date Street. That's, that is amazing. That is great. Um, you know, and I think if we can do, it's clearly been done before in San Diego, we can do more of it in the city. Um, you know, you'll be really hard pressed to find anyone who hates that. Like, it's pretty much universally adored. And, you know, if we were to build more, we would love it. The public yeah. would love it. Um, and it would make our city a lot more inspiring. And, you know, raise our quality of life. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Speaking of quality of life, you guys you guys heard about the Fifth Ave or Gaslamp Promenade? Yeah. yeah. I guess you about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Actually, this morning, I was walking around there, and I got to see the bollards being installed. No way. Um, yeah, they installed them, and they put brick around the bollards. Pretty cool. Um, so, so it's like, is it like a metal bollard? And yeah. Then like, okay, cool. A metal bollard, and then like brick around it. All right. So I think they're working their way down it right now. Are they retractable ones? Because I know MTS. Okay, yeah, so they're I know retractable. MTS was well, like kind of fighting against like retractable or non-retractable because they wanted yeah. to still access that street, which I'm like, eh, oh yeah. Know. Well, we all made public comment at the end. Oh, of the we did. <laughs> against that, so they're not going to keep the bus on for that. Oh yeah. no, yeah. I mean that's that makes sense. I mean like yeah. they could go around. <laughs> yeah, they can go around. It's just a couple blocks that people need to walk, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm looking forward to that. It's basically a, a huge piazza promenade. You know, pedestrianized. Yeah. The final vision looks great. It's going to be all brick, um, beautiful. Like, I can totally envision people, you know, walking around, playing, you know, musicians, performances, um, you know, outdoor dining being expanded even more. Yeah, yeah. So you feel like you're in a true public space um, where you can just, you know, relax. It's be so People cool. watch yeah. and enjoy life. Yeah, it's gonna be so cool because I'm like I'm, I'm big into baseball, so it's be it'll be awesome like having oh. another area where people could hang out in and like you know have a public space where there's no cars because I'm I know like after baseball games, especially after like we play the Dodgers, like everyone takes to the streets, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's actually like the coolest thing to see. It's like oh man, they actually closed down streets in like East Village where people are just walking around. Yeah. So and like they should have that have that every day, you know. I know. Every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry, were you going to say something about, Chloe, the, the promenade? Do you have anything to say? Oh, I'm, I'm also super for it. And like Manny, I've been watching it with delight, you know, all the construction as it's going in. All right. So we're almost done here, guys. Um, you guys still doing okay? Hanging in yeah. there? Cool. Yeah. Um, so walk and roll is almost a year old, right? And so I'm assuming you guys want to keep going for many years to come. 
what do you guys or what do you guys plan on having walk and roll in like 10, 15, 20 years? Do you guys have a goal? Yeah, well, we hope that there's sub walk and roll chapters throughout San Diego because Manny and I have been covering a lot of the intersections in downtown and kind of the core of the city, but we'd love to see more coverage and have an expanded network of partners in every neighborhood because all of San Diego is critically important. And also we'd love to see chapters open up in other cities, um, especially Tijuana mm -hmm. and other regional cities, you know, Chula Vista National City, but throughout the country, yeah. you know, just have, there are, there are other organizations similar to ours. So we'd love to see that network grow. Yeah, I'd love to see Walk and Roll, you know, grow, you know, its presence as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it'd be great if people, you know, uh, thought about us when they were, whenever they were crossing a poorly designed intersection or an unsafe street, you know, we'd love to have people send us, you know, videos of, you know, some street in their neighborhood where it's like, oh, this street is important because there's all this, uh, you know, business across the street, but to get there, I have to, you know, cross this quasi highway and like risk my life. Yeah. Um, we, we, you know, we would love for us, for y'all to send that footage to us um, and we'll, we can like make reels out of it. I'd also like to see walk and roll. I'm um, actually walk and roll with the community. Uh, you know, have we did a, a something similar for San Diego Design Week last year. Mm. We hosted a guided tour. Mm -hmm. um, we hope to do more of that. Um, we're working with some partners. I'm potentially doing it. I think Circulate really wants to do walking tours, and we'd love to help them out nice, yeah. with that. Um, maybe we can do biking tours. I mean, that you guys cool. already do a lot of biking events. Yeah. We can just tag along. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, just show show people the what you know the how pleasant it can be to you know walk through safe streets and inspiring streets. Um, we got a lot of good reception from our Design Week mm -hmm. um, tour, guided tour. We hope to do another one because there are a lot of you know a lot of streets that are actually pleasant to walk through yeah. and you know inspiring. You know, and so some people just need to be shown that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. There's there's a lot of beautiful streets here in San Diego that I feel like many people don't know about because they're always in their car. Mm -hmm. Like my favorite is uh, Fern Street in South oh, Park, yeah. where it's just yeah. the trees are covering the the road. It's nice and narrow. Yeah, it's yeah. nice and narrow. I love biking through there because it's just like a tunnel, you know. Yeah. I'm like like that's for me the coolest street in San Diego. I wish North Park had more trees. Even in North Park, more like it's just parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> we'll see. Um, well, we're going to end it here, folks. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to share to the viewers, listeners, you know, how people can contact you or follow you for more contents? Yeah, follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, walk, W-A-L-K, and then the letter N for walk and roll, and then R-O-L-L-S-D on all of those platforms. And we'd love to hear from you. Please like, share, and comment on our reels, and let us know which reels you want us to make next. We are going to be working together with Daniel here on one about roundabouts coming up soon. And then we're going to tackle the 15 most dangerous intersections one by one mm. throughout San Diego. Should be a good one. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be a challenge. That'll take us through next year in terms of content. Sweet. So, yeah. Yeah. What Chloe said, just give us a follow, um, share videos, like, comment, um, and, you know, spread the word. There are, you know... A lot of people would like to see safer streets, but they don't know their avenues for that, like walk and roll. 
a lot of people would like to see safer streets for biking, but they don't know about the Bicycle Coalition or BikeSD. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, share it with your friends. Um, you never know who might be interested or who might be the next, you know, leader in safe streets. That's true. That's true. Well, thank you, folks, and Manny, Chloe, for, for joining us here today. Um, once again, guys, if you're really interested in finding more about uh, Walk and Roll San Diego, follow them on social media. I'll also be posting their links in the description down below. And don't forget to follow us at SD Bike Coalition as well for future events. We are going to be having a few classes up this upcoming week and month. And also, don't forget about Bike Month in May. So be prepared for a full events or a full. Be ready for a full month of events. And uh, aside from that, we will see you folks next time. Have a nice day.